Positive signals now coming in for one of Miami's top class of 2023 targets. Let's talk about defensive end Ruben Bain. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy December, which means happy transfer portal month, happy early signing period month. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So there is positive momentum for Miami and four-star edge rusher out of Miami Central, Ruben Bain. So here's the latest. In recent weeks, Auburn has been considered Miami's top competition for four-star edge rusher Ruben Bain. Now, as I've told you, I think Alabama and other big-time schools could be certainly in the mix, but uh, most of his predictions over the last several months have been to Miami, and Auburn had been believed to be gaining a lot of momentum. And that was despite the fact that Auburn for months – has had an uncertain head coaching situation, right? Because even early in the season, you figured Harson's probably not going to make it through the whole year. And then Harson got fired. Uh, and then they were being linked to Deion Sanders. They were linked heavily to Lane Kiffin. And as you know by now, Hugh Freeze is the new Auburn head coach. Not Lane Kiffin, not Deion Sanders. And Freeze... He's making major shakeups to the Auburn staff. He's bringing in a lot of his own people, as you would imagine. And so one of the people he is not retaining is assistant coach Rock Bellantoni, who coaches the edge rushers and outside linebackers. Now, Coach Rock was the primary recruiter for Reuben Bain to Auburn. That was the primary point of contact there. And so... Just this morning, shortly after Coach Bellantoni, Coach Rock was not retained, Auburn insider Christian Clemente from 24-7 Sports has logged a crystal ball for Reuben Bain to Miami. So it's becoming clear that people covering Auburn are now seeing the writing on the wall. Now, um, you know, we were we've been wondering for literally for months how the Auburn coaching situation could benefit or be a detriment to Miami's pursuit of Reuben Bain. And it's looking now that the chips are starting to fall like this could actually be uh, an advantage for Miami. You know, now that because I, I don't know, maybe Bain was expecting Lane Kiffin, maybe for a while he might have been expecting Deion Sanders. And then once his primary recruiter was let go. That obviously doesn't help Auburn's chances, and it's starting to be reflected in the predictions here, okay? So does that guarantee that he winds up at Miami? No, it doesn't. Someone like Alabama wants to really get in the mix for him. Uh, Nick Saban, not always, but usually gets what he wants, okay? He obviously can't have everybody. Uh, and as you guys know, Reuben Bain, this is somebody we really want here at the U. He's a top 100 recruit nationally. He's a top 10 defensive lineman at this class. He's a human sack machine for Miami Central. You saw how well he played head-to-head -head against IMG Academy when he recorded three sacks in that game. And a player like Bain, more important to Miami than he would be for Auburn and Alabama just from a cultural standpoint and a recruiting standpoint. Uh, because, you know, in the case of Bain, 
He's local and he's a Miami legacy. And while it's important for Miami to recruit nationally, which they're doing that more than ever now, I mean, they're getting guys from the Pacific Northwest. They're getting guys from all over the Southeast. They're getting guys, you know, not just from Dade Broward and Palm Beach. They're getting players from Orlando, right? It's important to get players from all over the country. And now that Miami has such a bigger budget and more resources, they're doing that. But you still need to make the state of Miami your bread and butter. You still need to lock down the local ambassadors. So if you can lock down someone like Reuben Bain, it can create so much more momentum with the local area South Florida players in high schools before National Signing Day. Like this is one of those where, you know, if Bain were to take his talent somewhere else, Miami can survive it because they're they're obviously recruiting great players regardless. They've got a top 10 class right now without Reuben Bain being on board with that class. But you get a guy like this from Miami Central who comes from a UM legacy family. It would just, it would so much goodwill in the community. And Bain is, he's a dog. Like he's the type of guy that is, you know, he's going to work hard every day. He's going to lead by example, but he's also going to get in your face and hold teammates accountable. That's exactly the type of player you want in this locker room, right? You need to fill your locker room with players that are going to hold themselves and each other accountable. And that's that's one of the reasons why I was just so thrilled about the Collins of Chiampong commitment, the flip that Miami landed the other day. Now, I don't know. He seems like kind of a soft-spoken dude, so I'm not necessarily thinking that Collins is the type who's going to get in people's faces or anything. But when you talk about setting an example for hard work, growing up in Ghana – uh, with a tough family situation, his mother, a Chiampong, his mother would work 70 hour weeks just to put food on the table. Uh, and he's like he's working to try to make his family life better. Um, and, you know, he is no stranger to hard work. He is the embodiment of hard work. Right. You bring in somebody like that who, you know, whose mother had to work just to survive and put food on the table. That's the sort of example he's following. We need players like that. And we also need players like Ruben Bain who are going to set the example and be ambassadors. So I'm so excited about, you know, just not only the caliber of the talents that are coming in, but just some of the amazing young men that are coming in. And obviously, Ruben Bain is not verbally committed to Miami, at least not yet. Uh, but there are some positive signs in the form of a new crystal ball that has been logged by an Auburn insider pointing Bain to Miami. And I want to point something out about Bain because I've talked about this before on the show and maybe I've un I've characterized it a little bit unfairly and others have as well. To be fair to him, because it's been said often that, hey, if he really wanted to be a cane, he would have committed already. That if he really wanted to be here, he would have put down the verbal already. To be fair to him, he's been saying all along that he was going to take his time until National Signing Day. That's been his timeline all along. So this wasn't a case where Bain said it back in the summer, like, oh, I'm thinking about committing soon, and then uh, I'm going to push it back and to take my time. He's been saying all along that he was going to take his time up until, uh, you know, through December into early National Signing Day. So, you know, a lot of people, and I've said it before, say, hey, the longer this goes, the worse I feel about Bain. Not necessarily the case, because this has been his timeline all along. And he is sticking to it. Uh, in other Bane-related news, I thought this was interesting. Uh, a content creator who does a lot of good Kane stuff, Mike McCoy, tweeted out uh, within the last day or two. Because, you know, another defensive lineman that we're talking about in Miami conversations is Eno Etta, who's currently committed to Michigan. He is best friends with Collins Achiampong. And Collins has even said it. 
I'm trying to flip my my brother, Etta, to come with me to play in Miami. So obviously Miami's going to be looking now at Etta between now and National Signing Day. And, you know, Etta plays the same position as as Ruben Bain. And so Mike McCoy tweeted, I wonder how it impacts Bain if Miami lands Etta. And then Ruben Bain responded to the tweet. He said, I love it. I need gangsters playing with me. Again, that's a dog. That's the type of attitude we need at the University of Miami. So I absolutely love that. We're going to do some uh, recruiting and transfer portal Q&A on this episode. And, and you guys can always tweet us. You can tweet us at Locked on Canes. And if you follow at Locked on Canes, we'll follow you back. Uh, sometimes I'm a little bit too liberal with the follow back because I got a because uh, I, I follow back everybody who follows us at Locked on Canes. And I followed back an account yesterday and it turned out to be like one of those like porn spammers. So I'm like, oh, sorry. So I had I had to unfollow somebody today for the first time ever. But if you're like a real person, I will follow you back at Locked on Canes. Uh, so coming up next, we're going to talk about Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, we're going to talk about some interesting players in the portal, some Oregon Ducks that you guys have asking us uh, been asking us about and also how many new players is Miami going to have on this roster this coming season? Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got you covered at BetOnline. In fact, I was looking at the ACC championship game odds. I see Clemson minus 7.5. They're favored by 7.5 points. I think Clemson's going to beat North Carolina by double digits. I think UNC's offense can make it interesting. Uh, I don't think that they're well-rounded enough on the defensive side of the football to hang with the Tigers. I think Clemson's going to win that game by about 10 points. So you might want to look at that Clemson minus seven and a half. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So we're getting some awesome questions from you guys on Twitter to at Locked on Canes. Um, Juan asks us, and I love I love how he starts the tweet with bro. If, if, you, if you tweet me and the first word is bro, guaranteed I'm going to read it. <laughs> I feel like that's just such a Miami thing. Like every every sentence starts with bro. He says, bro, I thought Miami was getting another commit last night. What happened? Yeah, so uh, today is Thursday. I just want to say that on the record because maybe you're watching this a different day. But today is Thursday, December 1st. And um, yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of buzz to the point where I was like preparing to do a live episode around 7 p.m. last night, which obviously didn't happen. But there was a lot of buzz that Miami was going to be landing another commit on Wednesday night. Uh, and I that was maybe going to happen around 7 o'clock Wednesday evening. And then, you know, around 5.30, 6 o'clock, I, I started to hear that um, that it was, it was delayed. It wasn't going to happen last night. Um, I, I will tell you that... It's still with, with with the player in question. It's still expected to happen this weekend. I don't know, you know. And, and listen, it's it's their timeline. These players can do it when they want to, right? I mean, you know, I mean, how many guys have have flipped, have changed their minds, and you know, the least the least we can do is let them change their mind on like what night 
or what day they want to announce what they're doing. And sometimes players want to make their announcement around a special occasion. Maybe they decide I want to do it at my birthday uh, gathering this weekend or my my grandpa's birthday or so like stuff like that happens all the time. So uh, I definitely w- was kind of uh, was a little bit worried that with the announcement getting postponed, like, does that mean another school is getting in here trying to, you know, trying to block the commitment and trying to get him to, to go to their school or stay with their school if it's a flip? Um, I don't have any reason to believe that's happening. So I do think Miami is going to get another commit or two this coming weekend. But yeah, like everyone in the Canes community, you know, because it was on Tuesday night, it was Collins at Chiampong. And then we thought Wednesday night there was going to be another one. We were going to go two for two and back to back nights. It didn't happen. Um, I understand it could very well happen this weekend. But fair, fair question, because everyone, myself included, was absolutely buzzing for something big to go down on Wednesday night. And then it didn't go down on Wednesday night. Right. I was already I'd like cleared off my schedule. We're going to go live at 7, 7, 15 p.m. And no, it didn't happen. Uh, Alex asks us, hey, the six foot five wide receiver who just entered the portal from Oregon. Do we have a shot? So he's talking about Dante Thornton. Great player. Miami definitely has a shot here. Um, He's going to be very sought after, though. But the advantage Miami could have here is Mario Cristobal recruited him out of high school. He committed to Oregon when Cristobal was still there in 2022. Or no, in 2021 would have been his first year there. And as a freshman that year, Thornton played in all 14 games under Mario as a freshman. So that could definitely help us. But I also, you know, I see some buzz that USC uh, and Penn State, I'm sure among others, are also going to be interested in Dante Thornton. Very talented, six foot five, uh, 200 pounds. He's he's very fast. Um, I, I think he could, you know, he could add a lot down here. And I know that the plan from a Miami standpoint is they're committed to Tyler Van Dyke. They're expecting and hoping he stays. They don't want TBD to enter the portal. He's not going to be one of those players that gets nudged out or forced out. They want TBD to stay. And they want to surround him with weapons and better offensive linemen. And obviously, if you can get a weapon out there like Dante Thornton, that's really going to help. Um, but yeah, he can't. And just so you know, um, he cannot officially be contacted by any coaching staff until Monday. Monday, December 5th is when the transfer portal opens. The only exceptions are uh, like graduate transfer players can be contacted earlier, but he is, he does not fit that bill. He's just two years out of high school. He cannot be contacted until Monday. So on Monday, it's going to be a feeding frenzy because this is one of the better players available in the transfer portal. Uh, he was a, a four-star wide receiver, one of the best in the country coming out in that class. LM sports talk asks us, how many high school recruits will Mario sign and how many transfers will Mario sign um now the numbers game has never been my strong suit um that's probably the kind of thing that I feel like a a guy like Gabby Yerudia who's just got numbers like floating in his head uh would probably be better equipped uh to answer uh but I can give you my educated guesses just based on the way Miami is recruiting okay Miami right now has 20 verbally committed players Obviously, we hope to keep all of them and not lose any flips, fingers crossed. And they're still recruiting a ton of players out of high school. So I could see the final incoming class being more than two dozen for sure. Uh, And that would kind of depend on if any of the current guys flip elsewhere. So I could see an incoming class of at least 25 to around 28 players coming in. And then at least around 15 
transfer portal additions. Now, that's going to also depend on how many subtractions, right? Because, you know, um, if if only like 10 or 11 guys leave when I was expecting 20 guys to leave through the portal. And again, the portal's not even open yet. So there's going to be more guys who hit the portal, right? With uh, the most recent high profile one being Avante Williams, who we talked about yesterday. So, you know, assuming Miami gets between 15 to 20 out through the portal, they're going to bring in about that many in. So, uh, I mean, I think a conservative estimate on my part is at the very least, Miami's going to have 40 new players, somewhere between 40 to 50, maybe 45 to 48 new players between true freshmen and transfer portal incomings over 40 when it's all said and done. So that basically means you're turning over well over 40% of your roster, which I, I know that's something Cristobal is looking to do because he wants to basically dynamite and demolish you know, the whole locker room vibe and just start building the culture from scratch. And, and if you're looking to do that, if you bring in like 45 new players who weren't here last year, I guess that gives you an opportunity to take that step. Right. So that that's my unofficial math. And again, it's like and, and people will I, a couple of other questions were like, can you give me the exact number of scholarships that are available? And, and I can't because I don't know who's leaving. Right. Because, you know, until you know exactly how many guys are leaving, you don't know how many scholarships are left. There is one exact number that I can give you for those asking. Miami has just 21 official visits left between now and late National Signing Day that they can offer. So you've got to be selective with those official visits. I mean, 21 official visits to use between transfer portal guys and high school recruits you're probably going to have to turn some people down. Like certain players may want to take an official visit to Miami. And if Miami's thinking either a, we don't really want you here or B, we would love to have you here, but we don't really think you're uh, you're serious about us. Then you may have to turn down some official visits. Cause when you only have 21 left, you got to be pretty selective with that. So, you know, they're, they're going to use them wisely. Right. And there are obviously, situations where you can create unofficial visits that don't count against the official visit total but you know they they do have to be selective with 21 ob's left auto asks us so who's the maestro behind the scenes for the canes coordinators and synchronizing all of our coaches positional recruiting efforts so they all line up with mario's overall vision he says with the increased chaos because of the portal the recruiting staff needs to be on their game uh i think it's a from where I sit, it's a pretty easy answer on on who I, there's more than one maestro, right? But you know, if you're asking behind the scenes, the maestro is Alonso Highsmith, right? He is that that's that's a big part of his job as GM of football operations. Um, he does a lot of scouting because that's his bread and butter. That's what he's been doing for the last couple decades in the NFL. He has been scouting, so he really helps you in that regard. And coordinating is a big part of his job as well. Another. Um, I would have said unsung hero, but he finally got some credit after Cormani McLean. But Demarcus Van Dyke is a huge catalyst behind the scenes in recruiting. Uh, Roland Smith, I imagine, is as well. But you know, the real the real CEO is uh, is Cristobal because uh, you know you get a lot of work done when you don't sleep. <laughs> like he doesn't sleep. Like I waste like eight hours a day unconscious. Right? Mario only sleeps like three hours a night, so. You know, all the extra time that he has in his day when most of us are, are passed out, he's uh, he's he's recruiting. So he he obviously has a huge hand in that. But, 
you know, as far as behind the scenes, you would say Alonzo Highsmith would be the top guy there. Jeremy asks, roster turnover aside, what would be the floor for an acceptable record next year? I love you, Jeremy, but I, <laughs> I, I hate these questions. And, and it's not your fault, right? It, maybe it's a fair question, but I put myself in timeout. Anything about records, I am in timeout because I predicted nine to ten wins this year, and I was so far off on that. I I'm I'm, I'm out of the predictions game. Right? just uh, just be be better. Uh, ha- have a better record than this year. I, I think would be uh, <laughs> would be an acceptable floor. Uh, what about you guys? You you tell me what would your acceptable floor be for next year? Obviously, it would be. I'm sure your floor would be higher than five and seven. Where would you go on that? Right. Uh, let me see. Uh, Mr. 305 asks, what do you think about TVD's leadership skills uh, with his teammates? Is Tyler Van Dyke being an introvert hurting the team? Uh, I definitely, you know, I, I was a little bit critical of his body language at times last year. I mean, the Middle Tennessee game was, uh, he was really bad on the field and and he looked distraught, you know, walking off on the sidelines and, uh, you know, he's he's not necessarily the rah-rah in your face type of guy. Um, here's my thing, though. A lot of that leadership comes with how well you're doing and how comfortable you are in the offense. And I don't at the times when his body language was piss poor this year, that was at a time when the offense was completely out of sync as they were for most of the year. But they were, you know, North Carolina game. They weren't out of sync. They just couldn't stop fumbling. Right. The uh, the Virginia Tech game before all the penalties came into play, they were they were in sync like there were a handful of times this year when with TBD under center, the offense was in sync. Uh, A lot of like his bad body language was when everything was discombobulated. Um, You know, if if he's more comfortable next year, whether it be with Josh Gaddis or if there's a different offensive coordinator, if he's more comfortable in the offense last year and they're actually protecting him, if the offensive line isn't getting him killed every other play and if his receivers aren't dropping balls left and right, uh, I think TVD will be fine because you know what? None of us were questioning his leadership during the uh, the six and one stretch last year and during you know the time in 2021 when he had at least 300 passing yards and three touchdowns in six straight games. I don't think anyone was worried about his leadership in the huddle. So I think it it kind of ebbs and flows. Now I, I it's something I'm sure he wants to work on because I think it is really important when you're not playing well to have a really strong presence in the huddle, I think is important. And so maybe that's something he's going to consider during the off season that I, I need to be, I need to be holding my receivers and, and my old linemen accountable on every single play that I'm, I'm never going to check out mentally. So um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I think for a guy who has NFL caliber arm talent, um, I, I think, I think Tyler's going to be okay. Better win. 2.0 says, with the expected activity in the transfer portal, are there any positions being prioritized or deprioritized in high school recruiting for this cycle? He says, I assume Mario wants balance by position and by class, but some of that could be achieved with younger transfers. Now, I think that is a really good question, but my answer is this. Miami has so many needs I don't think we have the luxury of deprioritizing anything. <laughs> they have a big O-line class already committed. They've got five really strong offensive linemen committed already, but 
they still want to add at least one more in the form of Sanson Okunlola in that class. So they're still trying to get more O-linemen. And I also, just based on like how many, you know, 18-year-old O-linemen they have coming in, I think they're going to work the portal as well. So that's not being deprioritized. Uh, they do have a quarterback committed in Emory Williams, who I like. But, you know, if an opportunity were to arise to add someone like Dante Moore, if he were to decommit, uh, I know Miami would be interested. Um, I still think Miami could be interested in a veteran transfer uh, at quarterback. Uh, Butterfield from Oregon is now available. Cade McNamara, who we talked about, is now available now. Either of those could be dependent on Tyler Van Dyke if he were to, to decide to leave. But, um, like, I could totally see Miami adding a transfer portal quarterback and Emory Williams uh, to the quarterback room this year. You know, we need running backs desperately. So I could see Miami hopefully adding a running back in the class and in the portal, right? They're, they're trying to get Mark Fletcher here. By the way, on Mark Fletcher, um, there, there's growing confidence that he's going to take a Miami official visit. I don't think he's officially planned an official visit yet, but there, there is an expectation he could make an, an OV to Miami on the weekend of December 16th, which would be a week after his Florida visit, and that would be the final – ov weekend before national signing day and he does want to commit in december uh as in the 21st so that could put miami in a good position so there's you know florida it's a miami versus florida battle for mark fletcher but do not rule miami out there um i feel better at this point about fletcher than i do about chris johnson because chris johnson even said i I don't feel the same way about miami as i used to because uh because they're not winning so he uh, that seems to be his priority which is fine everyone can have their their different uh, priorities. Um, you know, we're still trying to add more safeties and corners, uh, you know, and even though linebacker looks great in the incoming class, maybe they're done adding linebackers in recruiting, but I could totally see them hitting the portal for a veteran there. And uh, we need defensive tackles for the class of 2023 as well. And I, I want to talk about a, a defensive tackle who could be an option uh, for Miami here. Um, Joshua Horton. We talked about him earlier this week, three-star defensive lineman, interior guy out of Langston Hughes High School in Georgia. Uh, the more and more I study this player, the more excited that I get about the possibility because he is being crystal balled to flip from a North Carolina commitment to a Miami Hurricanes commitment. He's got the size, six foot five, 290 pounds. He's the type of physical profile we need on this D-line. He's got a wingspan of six foot 10, by the way. Um, I don't it doesn't really add up to me because I've watched some of his uh, some of his workout tape and some of his high school uh, highlights. You know, he's got very quick feet for his size. He's got really good natural pass pass rushing moves and he is incredibly strong. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily that polished yet, which might be why he's only a three star. But it's crazy because usually when you've got an athlete like him who's only a three star, Usually they don't have the strongest offers. Like usually there's not a whole lot of big schools offering them. And you're like, okay, that's why he's a three-star. This guy, Joshua Horton, he's got stellar offers. He's got offers in addition to, obviously he's got a UNC offer because he's verbally committed to them. And he's got a Miami offer because Miami's trying to flip him. He's also got offers from Georgia, Auburn, LSU, FSU, Arkansas, Michigan, Michigan State, Tennessee, So, you know, some of the most prominent recruiting programs in the country have offered this young man. Like usually when, you know, when you kind of judge the the total package of the, 
you know, the high school stats, he's 105 tackles as a senior this year from the defensive line. He's got the size and the measurables. He's got the offers. Like, everything about this guy screams four-star, not three-star to me. But, you know, I'll ask John Garcia about that. John Garcia is going to join us uh, on an episode later on today. So we're going to talk with John about Horton. We're going to talk about Collins at Chiampong. We're certainly going to talk about Ruben Bain, who's now getting another crystal ball to the Miami Hurricanes. So we are going to have a second episode today. Uh, John Garcia, Jr., head of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated, will join us. So thank you for making us your first listen today, my friends. And make sure for your second listen, you check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you later today on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.